If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? That's my best attempt at doing a Ryan McCaffrey voice. I'm sorry, I can't do it. This is Podcast Unlocked, episode 588. I am joined by Brian Altano. Hey, what's and, up? And Mitchell Saltzman. Waboom! Okay, I, t- I told him to do the BAM that Dustin does, but clearly someone... Oh, it's BAM? I got, I'm supposed to do BAM? Oh, okay, sorry. I was, I was gonna crossed. yell. I was gonna yell beyond, but then I, I feel like we'd start a gang war. <laughs> yeah. So um, you may recognize Brian from our rival podcast. Oh, is that? Oh, I, I didn't know we were in a cold war. Fine. Okay. Yeah. See, let's I let's do it. <laughs> I do it for the drama. <laughs> and you may not remember me from anything. <laughs> All the fighting games and Souls games previews and reviews. Yes, because yeah, you are you are our expert on that. But yeah, as you can see. Um, I was the only one left from Unlocked here. Everyone left me. So unfortunately, uh, you're stuck with me. So that's what's happening. But today we wanted to start by talking about Resident Evil 4 remake stuff because someone here has played over six times. What does that mean? Like just you sat down and play it six times? I'm sure a lot of people have done that, Stella. Like we don't have to throw any shame at them. Like that's odd. You know, people play a lot of video games several times. Are you talking about like completing the game six times? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah no that's me that's sorry guilty <laughs> yeah yeah that you might have a problem brian <laughs> yeah so tell me why <laughs> how many times have you played apex legends before we start throwing that's different that's di- it's not a story game okay every game is different kind of and you know it's, it's a different experience every time you go in you know the maps change everything it's not story driven so what drove you to play this game the gameplay, the game, the Resident yeah, Evil okay, 4's, okay. yes, Resident Evil 4's gameplay, especially in the remake, is phenomenal. It takes some of the best action, third, third person action shooting horror gameplay in, in, in the history. I'll just keep stacking words on that. In the history mm-hmm. of like the entire genre and, and the medium of video games, period, that was like damn near perfected, you know, 22 years ago uh, and refines it and adds more combat versatility adds more violence 
There's more decapitations. You can blow <laughs> villagers' arms off. You can parry with a knife. Uh, there's just all like your your uh, like Ashley, who is your uh, sidekick through a lot of the game, is a lot more versatile. She's less likely to you know uh, run into <laughs> your shotgun shells. And yes, I beat the game, and then I started new game plus. And I beat the game and I started a new game plus and I beat the game and I started a new game plus and I keep doing it because every time I go through, I play with different weapons that I've maxed out. I do speed runs with like an infinite launcher where I'm just blowing people's heads off. I did the professional run in the hardest setting, which kicked my butt, but like in a really fun way. Um, I just, you know, there's so many different weapons in this game. There's like something like 26 different weapons. Uh, you can play stealthy. So many options here on how you want to approach every single combat scenario. And so many of them are fun and interesting. Like one of the things we're looking at right now, and you can't see him if you're uh, listening to the show, but there's an enemy in the game that kind of looks like a Vega Wolverine with like this man in the iron mask thing going on. There's an achievement you can pop for killing him only with a knife and he can't see you, can only hear you. So you just sneak up on him and you stab him in the back and he goes, <laughs> you just do that a bunch of times and he dies and then the achievement pops up and you feel amazing. So yes, Stella, I'm very mm. proud to say Resident Evil 4 Remake is fantastic. I'm obsessed with it. I'm addicted to it. I can't wait for the mercenaries, uh, mercenaries mode coming. I can't wait for the <laughs> assignment Ada stuff coming. Uh, it's a fantastic game. It's it's one of my favorite games of all time. Got remade and is retained everything I love about the original and added more onto it. I'm a happy, happy boy. <laughs> I absolutely love watching people talk about things that they love so much mm -hmm. and it just fills me with so much joy so like listening to brian talk it's like listening to a little kid like and then and then and then and it's, it's just like yeah, yeah, yeah tell me more it's so cute <laughs> very fair very fair yeah no i'm i i'm i'm just in love with it like i'm it's everything i wanted and it's like i feel like there was a really interesting push and pull if you look at resident evil 2 uh, remake that Capcom did a couple of years ago that kind of kicked off the modern era of remakes for them in the Resident Evil mm -hmm. engine, not including obviously Resident Evil remake for GameCube, which was their original remake. Um, Resident Evil 2 overhauled a, uh, you know, kind of fixed perspective, locked camera, tank control, very ancient video game from the late 90s and turned it into like a much more dynamic third person action shooting game. And Resident Evil 3 did the same thing, but um, kind of lost a step along the way because it cut a bunch of content. and. When you're remaking something, it's really important to retain as much as you can from the source material while still finding a way to be additive, right? Like I think that there's there are ways to remake stuff that's just one-to-one -one, and that can get a little boring. Um, there's ways to remake stuff where it goes a little too far in adding things and that can kind of you know be a little bit too kind of like risk reward right there. But re with Resident Evil 3, I feel like they cut down a lot of the stuff that people loved. And so going into four, which is by far their longest um, uh, Resident Evil game, uh, not including six, which is just like a bunch of different campaigns glued together. Um, there was a lot of fear and worry that like this wouldn't land and they wouldn't pull it off and they'd cut a bunch of stuff. And they did a really interesting thing where like they took a couple of things out and added a couple of new things. So you're almost constantly on your toes in, in terms of like, do I know what's coming up next? But the end result is a, a game that's roughly the same length as the original. Like, that's kind of an amazing thing because Resident Evil 4 at the time was sort of an anomaly. We didn't really get, you know, 15 to 22 hour action horror games at the time. And we certainly don't get those now. And so seeing that at the time and seeing that make its way to 2023 and still be the same length is, is really, really special to me. And it makes me really happy because it, it means they took something that was 
really awesome back then and they found a way to make new twists and modernize it now for new audiences while still you know making people like me really happy and also surprised <laughs> so yeah I'm, okay. I'm again i'm a happy boy <laughs> <laughs> yeah would you say that they like perfected the remake system then with this game in in particular because i know you said that the, you were really worried about this because this is like a huge game that kind of set steps forward for gaming yeah i mean without resident before we wouldn't have uh dead space we wouldn't have gears of war um there's, there's a bunch of franchises that learn specifically from the gameplay in resident Evil Four and how to put a camera behind somebody who's running around and shooting um also injecting it with horror and stuff like that um the original game is a little odd because like you can't run and shoot at the same time so a lot of people have a, like they have trouble going back to it and every time i'm like you know screaming from the rafters about why people should play it they're like i tried man and like what's going on with leon he's stuck <laughs> and i'm like no no i know but like the whole game's designed around those mechanics it's okay and so for this one they were just like yeah he can run and shoot at the same time it's fine and at first I was like, that's going to make it like, that's going to break it a little bit. But instead they just said, Hey, let's take all of the villagers. Let's take all of the enemies. Um, let's add more of them. Let's make them faster. Let's make that, their attacks more versatile. And so <laughs> everything is just upped a little bit in craziness and speed. And it, it just works It all. It kind of communicates with each other. Um, they've kind of increased the language in the, in the way you approach uh, killing. And it's it's really fun. <laughs> I want to I want to just add they are please so do. Much, I want to shut up. They are so much faster in this game. Like there are times I'm just like running. I'm like okay, okay. I've been running for about 10, 15 seconds. I should be good. I turn around and he's like mid attack. <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah, like uh, that was a big thing that a lot of people were saying. Like you can't change. You can't make Leon be able to move and walk because otherwise it would break the game. Mm -hmm. And Capcom's just like, no, we'll just we'll just make the enemies faster. Like it's okay. Yeah. You'll still get that that tense feeling of you know not not feeling safe. Um, oh great. One other <laughs> thing, I yeah right. Uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about. We always hear about how Resident Evil Four um, really changed the game in terms of the the camera perspective. I think one of the lesser ways that uh, they changed the game also is in terms of the economy and upgrades. Um, we always talk mm. about the the shopkeeper and how how memorable the character is the what are you buying what are you mm -hmm. selling uh but he's so much more than that because like the stuff that he's he's selling you are like interesting choices that you have to make as to you know whether you want uh, a new shotgun versus the one that you already have fully upgraded whether you have the space to to buy a new gun versus upgrading the ones that you already have um there's a lot of interesting choices that you have to make in terms of how you want to build your your character and not in terms of like you know what sets you want to put into your character it's it's a matter of you know what what am i able to take with me which is something that i think resident evil has done really well all throughout the entire course of its its life cycle yeah. um it's just it's it's so good it's like a masterclass in so many different things <laughs> Um, I, it's just it's an incredible remake and uh i'm glad that resident evil 4 is is getting this you know second chance at life i've, I've complained about this a bunch on the like the enemy opposition <laughs> show podcast beyond the ign's <laughs> but no no um but like the uh the the uncharted franchise one of the major disconnects i have with those games and i do genuinely enjoy them is that there's no sense of ownership with your weapons mm -hmm. there nathan drake is constantly just picking stuff up 
kills a guy, shoots it until it runs out of ammo, throws it away. Yes. And in Resident Evil 4, like you get uh you get a handgun early on. And then you you have this idea of like, do I want to start dumping points into this and upgrading this? I can I, I can you know individually, meticulously upgrade stats on this thing. Do I want to upgrade my the amount of ammo, how quick my reload speed is, how powerful it is, right? There's a really good push and pull there. But then halfway through doing that, you find a second handgun. And you're like, oh, that one feels a little bit better. I kind of <laughs> like that. But then you get a shotgun and you're like, oh, oh man, obviously, clearly this is the one to start dumping uh, money into. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> you get a riot gun and a riot gun's like a crowd control shotgun. And you're like, ooh, ooh that's a good toy. I'm going to hold that. That's a good toy, stranger. You hold that <laughs> for the rest of the game. And like Mitchell mentioned, the merchant, like he's rooting for you. Like he's in your face. He's in your corner. Like he's like, you know, he's this creepy guy that hangs out behind a desk <laughs> covered in junk. And in this game, he's got Sounds all these like, like your old office at IG. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Gun <laughs> rhymes with fun, stranger. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, I like what I love about him in the remake too. He's like a little, he's got a little pep in his step, you know? Yeah. Oh, got, does he really? Yeah. He's like a little happier. He's a little more excited and he's got little, um, like quests that he has for you. To, he, he leaves <gasps> these like blue pieces of paper all over the map. He's like, is this awful dog running around? Go shoot him in the head. <laughs> and, or like, he's like, th you know, throw an egg at something and you come back and he's like, good job. You hit him right in the head. With an egg. <laughs> oh, that's and so he get, cute. You know, it gives you some magical rocks and you can trade them in for tokens for the capsule toy machine or like treasure maps. And, you know, I just love, I love that. Like it's this, what, what, what's awesome about these games. And I think that like a lot of horror doesn't approach this or, or misses it. Is it to me, it, it feels something more like, uh, like the evil dead movies. Like these, this is, this is <clears throat> hyper violent, gory, just dangerous, tear people apart. Uh, horror right but at the same time it's 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 campy and there's mm -hmm. there's dad jokes you know like you're 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 fighting you're fighting a bunch of guys like leon kennedy is just dropping these like one-liners and he's like this like uh you know he's like a ken doll with a gun basically like he's just <laughs> like, it's like he's just kind of a himbo and he's he's bouncing around and he's like getting into trouble and you know he has to save the president's daughter it's got this like incredibly campy goofy premise for a game <laughs> Um, and I, I yeah. love that because I was I was worried seeing the first couple of trailers for this game and also, you know, knowing what they, they did with Resident Evil uh, 2 and 3 remakes, which, yeah, fantastic games. They not nearly as campy as Resident Evil 2 was it, it, it back in the, the PlayStation days. Yeah. Um, so but, you know, one of the most endearing qualities of Resident Evil 4 to me was that camp. It was, you know, mm -hmm. Ramon Salazar being a, a little goofball. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is the, the line of, you know, where's everybody going? Bingo. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's Leon being like this, you know, silly action hero caught in this hyper violent horror movie. Um, it's just like it, it's such a unique combination. And I'm so glad that they they found the right balance between making it more real and and like you know scary and just you know horrifying but also yeah. holding on to that camp that's a it's a really tough tight rope to walk right mm -hmm. like that's a that's mm -hmm. a really difficult thing to do because like when i so i demoed this game or previewed this game for us uh a while back and i was like i went in like a little like apprehensive because the second i started playing it i was like oh my god this is gorgeous and moody what they've done with the lighting is incredible the textures and graphics like 
the gore and violence, all that stuff is like amped up a lot. And like the chainsaw guy came out and he started just like chopping down support columns to Ooh. knock down like and I was like, oh, mm -hmm. he's learned new tricks. And I put my knife out, <laughs> I parried him and I'm like, damn, this is like this is visceral. This is like guttural. This is incredible. And then the church bells ring and Leon goes, where is everybody going? Bingo. And I was like, <laughs> yes, they kept it. They kept it like and that's when I was just like no. immediately put all my, my all my, you know, fears to rest because I'm like, this is. This is doing everything. It's 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 amplifying everything I love about this game in all the right ways. And they, like you said, Mitchell, like Resident Evil Two, I think like pulled back on some of that stuff. Like Mr. X is inherently a goofy idiot, and it's hilarious to have this like nine foot tall man bursting through a, a wall with a little hat, and he tries to punch you. Like <laughs> it's just silly, right? And then you go unlock, unlock like a, you can play the game as to tofu at the end and stuff like that. Yeah. But some of that stuff is oh, kind yeah. of in the, yeah. Some of that stuff's kind of in the margins, but like. Here, like I don't know, you get like a, you get like a teddy bear keychain to operate a jet ski. Like it's just like, you know, there's like a lot of goofy stuff in here that I really, I really, really love, and I'm, I'm, I'm so glad they didn't ditch because they easily could have. And I think that like, comedy and horror are both incredibly subjective genres, mm -hmm. and people judge horror like, if it's not scary, they're like it's bad horror. In comedy, everybody's like a little bit funny, so everybody can watch something that's a comedy and be like wasn't funny to me so it's really really difficult to get both of those things right and then put them in the game that just has really awesome gameplay exploration rpg elements all this other stuff like it's kind of a master class in how to build a game like this and i hope like and it's odd because it's it's a, it came out in you know what 2005 so it's oh, like okay. yeah so it's it is kind of weird that like some of the biggest games we're playing this year are you know Dead Space, Resident Evil, Metroid Prime. Metroid Prime, yeah. You know, like I think uh, they put Titanic back in theaters. Like, <laughs> Avian Flu came back this year. Like what year is it, right? So weird. <laughs> like there's a lot of stuff like that. And I, I think that uh, um, speaking of like high egg prices, like Leon doesn't, <laughs> Leon doesn't care about those. He will, he will eat chicken eggs, throw them, all that fun stuff. So it is kind of odd that like this is a game from so long ago and refining it this year created one of the best games of the generation already but i do hope that like this is a refresh for a lot of people working on third person shooters now action horror games now like about kind of like how it's done i really do think that this is like a you know this is kind of the gold standard and in terms of remakes like i think this just upped up like the annie a lot too right like any dev working on a beloved remake of a or a, a, a remake of a beloved game this is like to me the new high bar and so that's that's another mm -hmm. I think that's another element of it too is sort of like what what happens from here like the franchise resident evil franchise will be good to go because you know there's a bunch of other resident evil games they can pull from they also switch off and they'll do like a first person one you know every couple of years so they're fine but like i don't know like what's that what's going on with that silent hill 2 remake right like, i was I just be, gonna, gonna say be, yeah yeah i was just gonna say resident evil fans are eating really good right now mm -hmm. and like as for me i'm really happy that this remake came out because it looks great and i totally missed that whole like I, I i missed the original game because 2005 i was still in school so like i i wasn't allowed to game i never came around to like playing the game and so now that this is out i'm just like oh i can relive everyone's just like it's the best resident evil you know they're going off like you are yeah. ryan and mitchell you know telling mm -hmm. me that it's like it, it paved the way for so many games and i'm like oh i really miss this so it's really good for you know people who aren't 
able to get older games to be able to play this one and it's been brought up to like modern standards so i'm really excited i've been like holding off because i'm like i don't know like do i want to play but hearing you guys inadvertently like sell this game to me i think i'm gonna buy it well you know Stella, you really only had one shot to play resident evil 4 his uh, famously it was only ne- on gamecube it was yeah, only, it's famously a, really a, a, a shot never been time. ported no there was like a there was like a, i think it was was it shinji mikami who was like yeah. this is a gamecube game and if it ever comes to anything else i'll cut my own head off <gasps> and it came to ps2 pc ps3 Wii, <laughs> xbox iPhone. It's one of the most corny games. Oculus Quest. (laughs) (laughs) PS5. Yeah. It's it. Yeah. So it. Literally everything that had a screen, it came to at some point. My God. Yeah. But no, this is. I think this is like the new. I don't know. Like I can't decide if like this is the one I'm gonna play when I play through the game every year. But like now I have options, right? Like yeah. Play the classic one. I'll play the new one. I love them both. So. Yeah, and don't forget PC mods. Those are already out there oh my god it was what 24 hours and they gave leon a (laughs) tramp stamp (laughs) did you see that yeah no but i'm gonna have to look that one up specifically Mm -hmm. oh man don't yeah don't use your work computer (laughs) no absolutely not no you mean you mean we don't want to capture that for work (laughs) (laughs) i say go for it put it on the website see what happens all right yeah let's see there's one i saw that's uh it's the scene where leon and louise are like chained up and they're they're both like shirtless (laughs) it looks looks like a porn movie (laughs) so you're saying that these mods are made for me specifically i mean all right i'm definitely buying the game now (laughs) somebody modded the demo so that the uh the villagers are all like really tall like a hundred feet tall and it's so scary oh my god because it just looks like leon walked into like this weird town of giants and they're all just like ah it's great i love this evil mods yeah yeah so i that makes me wonder if they could do a teletubby mod for resident evil where the villages (laughs) could be uh villagers could be teletubbies because they did that for uh uh, left 4 dead 2 which i use that mod let me tell you that is terrifying just a whole bunch of people whole bunch of teletubbies going and like running towards you it is terrifying that, oh, oh my god, god. Ah, no. so i did not know about this i didn't even know this existed this is so scary <laughs> oh my god super producer Joe is that wait and cj cj from wait. from gta is in there yeah what wait is this resident Evil 4 what <laughs> no way. okay i'm They're i'm so shocked fast how are they yeah. so fast at making these <laughs> Is that the this is, is that the incredible. cop from Zootopia? Like, what are we looking at? Yeah, that's. Oh my god, that's what I thought. That's who I thought it was, but I wasn't sure. So okay. yeah, yeah, if you're okay. if you're listening to the show, um, a, a clip just randomly appeared, like <laughs> like a genie summoned it, and it was a uh, CJ from GTA fighting Teletubbies, <laughs> and I think like the cheetah cop from Zootopia. Um, yeah, I have a lot of questions. I so. cannot believe this is real. I. I I was kidding, but okay. Um, yeah, if you if you want to mod your game and you know on your seventh playthrough like Brian and you know you want something fresh, just do a mod and then you're all set. Yeah, look how they massacred my boy. <laughs> give give uh, the chainsaw guy Macho Man Randy Savage's voice and I'll, I will play your mod. Oh my God, yes. Oh, and now there's Chuck E. Cheese as the uh, chainsaw man in this mod. That is absolutely terrifying. You know what? We don't we don't we don't deserve the level of creativity that ends up in PC gaming mods. We really don't. <laughs> we we honestly don't. Okay, so I know we've been talking about this for like 20 minutes. Give a, Okay, if you were to sell this game in two lines, what would it be? And I'll, I'll go Mitchell first. Two lines? Yes. Uh 
masterclass survival horror meets silly camp fun stranger. Okay. Uh, one of the best video games ever made got an even better remake. Oh, one sentence. Okay. Stranger. All right. Okay. There we go. <laughs> there's like there's a comma in there somewhere. I guess. <laughs> it's fine. Run-ons don't count. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D V P N dot com slash U N L O C K D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I do want to move on because there is some pretty big news, and it's that Multiverses is shutting down. So... Multiverses uh, was apparently in open beta, which a lot of people forgot because it was just kind of out and also people were able to purchase a lot of things in it. But Warner Brothers Games and Player First Games have announced that early access for Multiverses will be closed on June 25th and will aim to launch the full game in early 2024. This was shared in a blog post on Monday thanking players for participating in the open beta for Multiverses, calling it a stepping stone for the next phase of Multiverses. Throughout our open beta, we've been working hard to build the best gameplay experience, and we appreciate all the inspiration you've given us. Tony Hun, co-founder and, uh, oh, I think it's Wynn, sorry. Tony Wynn, co-founder and game director at Player First Games said, our open beta has been an important learning opportunity for us and a stepping stone for the next phase of multiverses. 
So some of the plans for the game include improving the content cadence of new characters, maps, modes, and matchmaking, as well as overhauling the game's progression system and finding new means for players to connect with other players online. So they're going to be updating the game's netcode, which is huge for really competitive players. But here's the thing. It's going offline in June until they come back online in 2024. And so you aren't able to get any refunds for purchases that you already made in the game, including Founders Packs and Gleemium Bundles. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting. You can't get any refunds currently, but you can have all of your progress that were previously earned and also all of your content will carry over when it returns. But it's so interesting how they're doing this model. I feel like early access, sure. You know, if it's like a, a trial period for a limited amount of time, they, I don't think they ever specified that here. And it feels a little frustrating as someone who actively purchases things in live service games. I'm, I'm really tired of games getting away with things just because they say they're in open beta or early access. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple of things uh, to keep in mind. Like th they they have always been clear that this is an open beta, even though like I I honestly forgot about it because it does feel like such a, a finished product that you just you know expect to see uh, regular updates for. And it, it won the game award for best yeah, fighting game. Best last fighting year. game. Like, yeah, like a real like a real full game. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Like it, it the first season of multiverses felt like such a complete game because of the fact that every month you were getting a new character there were constant uh updates coming with uh you know new modes and new new levels lebron james was like the first uh character that was introduced like just a month after it it, it opened beta um and so yeah so like that that was what caused me to like really forget like yeah this this technically is an open beta and also they never had an end date specified on that open beta if you went to like their fact they're like when is the open beta gonna end they'll be like and they said like oh it's it's indeterminate so i think i think what happened here was there was a plan for multiverses something happened and i don't know what it was but something happened it could have been the the whole warner brothers discovery merger it mm. could be the the response that that they they had to some of the you know season two lack of character updates it could just have been that the the fact that they got a little too overly ambitious with that first season and releasing a character every month mm. uh and you know when that same thing didn't happen in season two you know the the, the community kind of flashed out about it um so i think something happened plans changed and they kind of had to pull the ripcord on it um so they they always had that that exit planned because it, it was an open beta so tech you know technically you know open betas end all the time and then you know you don't get any anything until the game actually comes out right. so it's not like you know an unheard of situation yeah. It's just very weird. It's just a very weird situation all around. Yeah, I think with like um a game like Diablo 4 like having an open beta and like getting a bunch of uh kind of energy around it for, you know, a couple of weekends and then taking that feedback going dark for a while uh and and making your game better before you launch a couple of months later is you know, like I think that's one strategy and I think it like historically works a lot of the times. But and and you you can speak to this better, Mitchell. But like I, to me, it feels anecdotally that like a lot of fighting game success is built on momentum. It is built on getting that audience, um, this passionate audience, to keep 
playing and keep connecting with these games um, to build a community around it, to build competitions around it, to get a lot of people. So they're just constantly talking about it. And so to, to vanish for like potentially a year, you know, is just feels a little odd to me. Yeah. And, you know, talking about building momentum, multiverses built momentum. This yeah. was a huge deal when it, when it first hit open beta, everyone I know was playing it. Um, the hard part is how do you keep that momentum going? And mm -hmm. again, like I think they get, they did a good job with season one of introducing new characters, new modes, new uh, new stages, and all other kinds of things that they had, like little minute details that you could equip equip your characters with. Um, but you know, once season two hit and they saw you just got Marvin the Martian in in November, and then Radio Silence for for pretty much the then until now you know there's a there's a problem they need to I, I think they felt they needed to do something drastic and you know it does take a lot to keep a live service game going and i think they just wanted to, to be able to move those resources to actually working on the game and and kind of getting ahead of where they they you know were or are going to be when the game actually launches so that they have like a runway of characters to to release is there oh go for it i was, I was just gonna say i think it's weird how they did release season one and two but it, yet it was an early access game which i mean we've seen a lot of things be early access or an open beta like warzone is currently still a beta you know so it's like these games are still essentially out as soon as you open up the revenue for uh, being able to purchase things in game, I feel like it's out. So for me, I, I it, it's just very strange that I understand that they want to do like an overhaul and everything, but um, it's it's very interesting that they're going to have it gone for almost like a year. Yeah, yeah and, and you know, we we also treated it like it was out. We reviewed it. Yeah. We gave it, I think, an eight. Um, I mean, there were tournaments. <laughs> yeah, it was at Evo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and to be fair, like to be completely fair, you can still play the game offline, so it can still be at Evo um, this year. Um, but you know, the the value of a game like Multiverses is definitely being able to play it online. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it, it's a bummer all around for sure. I feel like. Um like microtransactions and in-game purchases should have like travel insurance <laughs> you know what i'm saying like so like if you put a bunch of money into something mm -hmm. and then it gets canceled or it goes away like there's there should be like you know you should get that option to get that money back because right now it's like multiverses mm, it okay. took your purchases and put them in a travel bank which is what an airline does right when when you cancel a flight and you forgot to tick that box at the bottom for an extra $14 or something because you're like it'll be fine and then something comes up and you're like oh no it's not fine i have to cancel this flight um i wish that would happen cuz like right now we're in an interesting spot where like people spent money on this game mm -hmm. and they're not necessary like they, they can't access the stuff that they spent money on until the game comes back and so it's just kind of like your your purchases your content the stuff that you you know, you don't like own because we don't really own anything anymore in the digital age, sadly. But no. it's there, right? It's there somewhere. And you, you'll theoretically get to get it again. But if you're like, no, I'm done. I want to get off this train. Then, you know, where are your options there? I think the other thing, too, that like is sort of fascinating to me is like. What happens if this audience moves on to something else? You know, like we've got Street Fighter coming out, we've got Tekken coming out, like you know, obviously very different fighting games. And again, Mitchell, this is this is your whole world. But like, mm -hmm. 
there's there's a significant chance that the multiverses crowd goes and jumps on to the next thing after this and they get super into that and then multiverses comes back and we're like the party's back on and we're like no we're happy over here like <laughs> you know like that that's obviously the the risk you get of going away for a little while rather than just like keeping going but like we we could see that happen too right yeah i also wonder if the you know the team noticed a a decline in the player base and saw this as an opportunity to like you know get another kind of surge by you know taking it offline for a little while for not more than a little while um and then coming back with you know a big explosion of new content and uh yeah you know it, it's it's hard to know i i think there's such an interesting story here that uh i hope gets told one, one of these days as to how this this whole thing happened because multiverses was really riding super high and then just kind of fell off a cliff it felt it feels like and now mm -hmm. they're they're trying to you know work their way back up to the top of the mountain yeah i mean yeah, it, it's oh sorry go ahead i was gonna say real quick in, in general i wish we could get more behind the scenes making of stories and like you know at, like years after the fact people do tell-alls about like what went right what went wrong like the video game industry is just like historically so secretive and quiet and <laughs> that we don't like, you know, that stuff never comes out. And so, or rarely comes out. And so like, yeah, I would love, I would, I would love to hear that, that story eventually. I think it'd be really great. Yeah. Because I feel like one of the only live service games that can take, that can actually afford to take, you know, a few days off or even a week is probably Fortnite because they're yeah. able to do that so quickly. Obviously, development takes a lot longer than just a few days to turn over an entire game, like when they switched engines. Um, but I feel like they're one of those companies that have so many resources and they have done so much research and have had so much time in the live service game that they've been able to like perfect the turnover times and also just their content updates. So it's really interesting to see Multiverse as a game that was picking up traction and kind of did taper out. It, it's, mm -hmm. it's interesting to see them just kind of yank the rug out from players who are who are still on this train and just choose to take it offline as opposed to working through it while live, which is, you know, stuff like we see how Halo Infinite's doing, which I still have not come back to it, but from players who are still playing it, they say that have gotten, it's gotten a lot better. Mm -hmm. We saw this with Apex when Respawn had no idea how to handle a live service game at first and they had to learn in real time. So it's a little interesting that Multiverses just didn't decide to keep it online and implement little updates over time and then eventually take it away for like a week or so and then be like, hey, the full game's coming out now. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know, Mitchell, if you have any insight to that, you know, versus like an FPS game versus um, a fighting game. That might be live service. I, I mean, you know, you can also note that Fortnite also was in beta for a long time yeah. during during the period of which it blew up. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it. I think anyone, if you told anyone who played Fortnite, this, this is a beta, they're like, oh, what, what does that mean? It's is it not going to be free when it comes out? Like, no, it's it's going to be <laughs> free when it comes out, too. It's just there. It's it's a weird distinction that I don't think really matters all that much to a player it's mm -hmm. more it's more of a developer thing um it's just kind of telling you know informing people this game is still in active development you know we're still it's it's not feature complete yet yeah. um and i think that's what happened with multiverses they i think they had all intention and this is again me speculating i think they had every intention of having this open beta go up until the point where they wanted to launch the game 
Mm-hmm. I think something happened, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because of the Warner Brothers Discovery stuff. I don't know if it's because of something internal at Player First Studios or if it's something community driven. But it just felt, it feels like something happened, and this is not what they wanted to do. I'll I'll take one for the team and just blame David Zaslav. <laughs> um, it is i guess it's worth saying too like um if we're coming off as like overly critical or negative like this is actually this story this this whole scenario right here is like starkly positive to the average you know games as a service game shuts down story that we mm-hmm. have covered so many of this year mm-hmm. like so many times this year we've seen games get sunsetted and other like corporate terms for death I know. you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and so this one's at least like Rumbleverse again. <laughs> yeah it's 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 not goodbye right like they're they're we'll we'll see them again they'll be back yeah. but um or not maybe like they'll they'll be like we tried it's it's there it's dead jim it can't come back um but i i think that like there's this thing will get another chance but the, yeah Aww. there have been a lot yeah pour one out pour a bunch thanks. out thanks thanks yeah. this is me playing rumbleverse for those watching yeah. uh the the video version of this podcast like yeah, which also got sunset unfortunately like I, we could name, we could probably just like like between multi uh rumbleverse and a couple others we could probably name a few right off the top of our heads that Knock just went city yeah mm-hmm. yeah that one went away too there was like all all in a couple of months and then like we saw the stuff with suicide squad which hasn't even launched yet which had some bad reception and, yeah. you know, went back into uh, hibernation for a little bit, got delayed, they're working on that. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with that one, but like, it's, it's tough out there for games as a service. Like either you're yeah. in the top 1% and you're making a ton of money every single day, like Fortnite and other games we talked about, or, or you're dead, you don't make it, you know, or you're mm-hmm. Apex and the seller just plays, plays <laughs> you for 40 hours a day. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm the reason it's alive still. <laughs> But uh, actually, moving on real quick, speaking of things that are dead, um, that $1 Game Pass deal is also dead. Or as we like to say it, it has been sunset. Mm -hmm. It has been given a Viking funeral. Not really. Um, But yeah, in a a statement to The Verge, the Xbox head of global communications, Harry Kari Perez, confirmed that the offer is no more. We have stopped our previous introductory offer for Game Pass Ultimate and pc game pass and we are evaluating different marketing promotions for new members in the future so if if you weren't aware of this deal um and or just kind of forgot about it was a one dollar trial that allowed new people to try out game pass for a month for just a dollar and then Mm -hmm. it would renew for 14.99 a month um or 9.99 a month to for just the basic or ultimate so this was a really great way i know a lot of people abuse this (laughs) when it first came out yeah (laughs) Uh, but I mean, it was a great deal. Like you could get so much for just a dollar, right? Um, so the fact that they're getting rid of this, but they're also trying to find out different promotions. I'm just like, oh, Xbox Game Pass friends and family plan. Can we get that yet? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think we are in that like quiet window before they um, kind of reanalyze this program from a pricing perspective. And that again is that's corporate speak or I think they might raise the price soon. So if you see deals on stacking some months, hop on that. Um, one of the things about the dollar games with uh, our game pass deal is that people were sort of like daisy chaining games with gold after their subscription would lapse. And there were ways to basically get three years worth for just absurdly cheap 
And um, I know a lot of people uh, did that to kind of stack up their membership for a while. And like, for me, I'll like, every time I see like, you know, there's like a three month thing on sale or something like that, I'll, I'll buy like, I'll buy the code for it or something like that, add it to my account. And I think I'm good until like late 2024 right now. So I'm waiting, like if they're like, if they raise the price, I'm like, aha, I beat you, I gotcha. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it was kind of a comically incredible deal to be able to sign up for Xbox Game Pass, which is already like the best deal in video games for a dollar and just like run through, I don't know, like five or six single player campaign campaigns in a month if you wanted to. Like you could get like Forza and Halo Infinite and all this other stuff. Like all these huge games end up on this thing. And then tons of awesome indie games too for like a buck. Just, it felt like, it felt like stealing. Like it felt like robbing, <laughs> it felt like robbing somebody. So um, all good things come to an end. I'm not super surprised that this one's, going away but man it was it was nice for a while yeah let's just let's just remember the good times yeah exactly <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah i mean so it, it was great i do remember taking this deal the very first time but i i am a law-abiding citizen who did not think to like remake make different accounts and stuff um so i i just kind of kept going with the sub but also i would really love to have the xbox game pass friends and family plan come into play sooner or later like mm -hmm. now this year that'd be great because you could share this with up to four other friends or family which is great and we've talked about this on this podcast before but more and more i have so many friends who are like getting um pc upgrades who are able to play games mm. on their pc now and they're just like oh well i don't know what games to have and you know steam has sales but they're very like seasonal sales so the fact that Game Pass is also on pc is huge and they're just like oh yeah so discord nitro also has a deal where you can get like game pass for a month free but you you know obviously it has to be like that same account so it's a lot of people who have used those trials who are now looking for different things and i'm like well i have friends i'm the only person using my sub and we live in a day and age where subs are everywhere and i constantly have to think like every month okay what can i let go of am i watching anything on netflix am i right. watching anything on hbo so it's like if any if i can do anything to help someone else not have to pay for that but also get the benefits yeah why not mm -hmm. i yeah i think that I, you're totally right i think there's like a smart way to split the difference between their current plan and then like what netflix had for 14 years which is just like you know <laughs> somebody you dated once can watch movies on your account until you're dead <laughs> yeah. um and so like i i think that like we're I, my my gut reaction is that like and, and everyone's talked about this in some to some extent is that like the games with gold uh, program as it currently exists sort of feels and has for a while felt kind of like an afterthought to the grander scheme of what Microsoft is building towards here. And they're building towards this idea of like, you can play these games anywhere you want on any device for a, a subscription price, right? And I do think that we're going to see like, kind of like a revolution in the way they approach that. And I think we're going to see them again, keyword, corporate word, sunset, the games with gold stuff. <laughs> and roll it in, roll everything into one big kind of focal point. Um, like you mentioned Steam, like our PC and stuff like that. And I, I think that like, there's there's a lot of stuff that's getting really close to communicating. Like I I uh, I cloud stream uh, Game Pass games on my Steam Deck because there's no official oh. client to do that just yet, right? You have to go, you basically have to trick a website into thinking it's like a, a launcher. <laughs> yeah, it's, and Microsoft put out like official, explanations on how to do this and they're just like type in just like forward slash backslash underscore and it's like all this like yeah it's a little you know you only have to do it once and then it's done but it's there like 
you can grab a, one of those like backbone controller add-ons and slap it on your mm-hmm. iPhone and stream games, uh, game pass games. And so like, and all of that stuff is there. Like you can, you can play vampire survivors with a touch screen via cloud on your iPhone. It's <laughs> awesome. Or you can play it on steam deck or you can play it on your Xbox series X or S. Uh, and so I think that like, there's a way that can, they're going to take all of that stuff and put it. So it's just streamlined. And there's one common language across all of it. And right now, every single month they come out and they're like, this is all the stuff coming to Game Pass. It's awesome. And then there's like this little voice in the corner that's like, don't forget about, about games with gold. We have games with gold also. And it's just like three games you haven't thought about in like 14 years. And you're like, all right. Yeah, yeah. thanks. I'll add those to my account, like a hoarder. I don't know if I'll play them, but thank you. You know, very nice of you. So I think there's a way they can take all that stuff and just like laser blast it into like one giant cannon of awesome stuff. Like, and they'll get there. What is the most that you'd be, okay. What is the most that you'd be willing to pay for a gaming subscription price, especially for Xbox, if they did consolidate everything that they had? And I'll go with Mitchell first. Uh, I have to physically remove myself from being a person in the industry. So uh, I would Mm -hmm. say probably, I would say probably like 20, 25 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 20. So I, okay, I'll put it this way. Like they upped the price of Netflix to 20 bucks. And I regularly, God, am, did they? yeah. And I'm regularly like, Ew. for like the HD plan. Yeah. And I'm like, are you worth it? Like most of your original movies are bad. And like, I don't know, like most of your TV shows are like people in animal costumes dating each other. Like I'm like, I don't know if this is necessarily content specifically made for me. And then like every couple of months, I'm like, aha, you got me. That was really good. That was a great show. Um, and so 20 bucks feels like, the ceiling for me for what I'd pay for something like mm-hmm. that. But they would have to like really be consistent with getting great games on there and, and indie games. Like for me, Game Pass is like this mix of like, you get awesome AAA stuff, but there's also a bunch of indie games that I don't know if I necessarily would have paid 15, 20 bucks for, but seeing them under that plan, I'm all in. And it's, it's a no brainer for me to download. Them. Yeah, honestly, especially with Xbox games, first party games at least being $70 now, it definitely makes a lot more sense once those games are actually flowing, which we're looking at Starfield, Redfall, these games coming out. Um, Oh, oh, Minecraft Legends now, which also has like a, yeah, D&D and and, and Minecraft are doing a collaboration, which is like a whole different story. (laughs) But um, yeah, I, I feel like, if they were to raise the price last year where nothing happened, people would definitely have an issue. But with this year, with games obviously coming out, well, actually not obviously, hopefully coming out, let me not just jinx it. Um, <laughs> I feel like it makes more sense. You know, obviously they're looking at the future of things, how things are going, and this year looks really positive for them. So it, it makes sense that they're looking at it now as opposed mm-hmm. to like last year where everything got delayed and they just, they were just like, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for for the record, I'd rather they do not do a price hike. Like, yes, I yeah. I'm all for the consumer on these things. Like when Netflix went up to twenty, I was like, "F you!" Like that sucks. Yeah. you know. Um, I what I think is like, do three month deals, do six month deals. Let me buy a year at a time for like a significantly reduced rate, and then it's like like I bought a year of Paramount Plus, right? And I don't yeah. I don't check in on on it very often. Like I watch like you know Jackass and Beavis and Butthead and other. <laughs> garbage for you know horrible brained 16 year olds from 20 <laughs> years ago um but i paid for it already so like if it if like it has a bad month it's not something that like i see on my credit card statement i'm like ooh, you really screwed up this month 
Paramount Plus. But with Game Pass, like, let me let me let me buy a year, you know, at a reduced yeah. rate. And so, yeah, and then roll all the games with gold stuff into there, make it all one big. Yeah, that makes sense. Honestly, if I can, if I can get discounts on my chiropractor for a year, I should mm-hmm. be able to do that with my games. <laughs> yeah, can't argue with that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what, like, what's he doing? What's what's his games? You know, what's he like? What's he got coming out? Nothing. Same old. <laughs> Same stuff he's been doing his whole career. Like same old back crack. Same old thing we've been doing every day, Pinky. <laughs> Trying to take over your back. Yes. Oh my God. Taking over the world one back crack at a time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we are actually coming up on time. So, real quick, I do want to give everyone space to talk about their upcoming projects. Mitchell, I know you have a very cool review. Is it a review or a preview? Preview. Yeah, we got, well, it's already out. Um, I got to go to Bandai Namco offices in Southern California to play about four hours of Tekken 8. And man, you you actually see my, my, uh, my hitbox over there somewhere on that chair. (laughs) There it is. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Tekken 7 because after playing Tekken 8, man, I'm, I'm so all in on, on Tekken 8 or sorry, after playing <laughs> Tekken 8 for four hours, I'm so all in on the Tekken franchise in general. So I like, you know, I dusted off my old hitbox mm. and uh, been trying to get back into it. I'm still bad at it, um, but I'm so eager to learn and, uh, you know, get ready for when that game comes out. Hopefully by the end of the year, because uh, if we get a new Tekken game, a new Street Fighter game and a new Mortal Kombat game all in the same year, this is going to be the year of fighting games. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, check it out. I also did an interview with Katsuhiro Harada and Michael Murray, um, talking about, you know, what's new in Tekken 8 and some other elements that they weren't able to talk too much about, but they have a little bit of hints on, on what to expect in the full game. So, I don't know. I don't know if I believe that you're bad at Tekken 8, by the way. Oh I man, don't either. Ryan. <laughs> I, like, I'm, I'm bad at Tekken. I don't think you can call yourself that. I if went on to... Then if you are, then what am I? <laughs> uh, okay, okay. There are levels to this. I went on ranked yesterday in Tekken 7 and won like two out of ten matches. <laughs> That's still two that I wouldn't have gotten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm not... All right, fine. You guys suck. <laughs> Is that what you wanted me to say? Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually. I mean... I'd, be, I'd be in there like, can we talk about this? Do we have to fight? Is there a way we can communicate? Yeah. <laughs> can we play rock, paper, scissors instead? <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. Imagine if that was one of the fit. You could, you could just do that. And it's like, leave it up to chance. Yeah. <laughs> well, Brian, Amazing. what are you up to? I know you're really busy. Uh, let's see. So this week I'm, uh, I'm doing the tour. I'm on uh, Nintendo voice chat, uh, talking about, uh, <laughs> tears of the kingdom. I'm on this show talking about resident evil and everything else. I'm on beyond tomorrow talking about, uh, resident evil Diablo, all that fun stuff. Um, this weekend I got a bunch of fun stuff coming up. Um, it's April Fools, and uh, we worked on a new video, which I can't wait to share. Uh, it's always fun. Uh, April Fools at IGN is always a good time. And then uh, next week, the Mario movie's out, so we got some cool stuff coming out around that. Uh, and in between all of it, I have a bunch of uh, Resident Evil for op-eds and videos and stuff I've been cooking up. So yeah, lots of fun stuff that I'm I'm really excited about. So go check it out. Nice. It's almost like you're a Resident Evil Four fan or something. Like God, spending all that time <laughs> in the game and outside of it, just consuming all resident evil 4 stuff this actively took me away from playing it so you know i'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, glad true. i'm glad it was worth it i have a good time <laughs> that's true okay all right before we sign off is a hot dog a sandwich 
Stella, you Why brought me you? on to your How podcast you like three know, years ago to talk about this real very quick, real subject. Quick, we don't have time. Come on. <laughs> I don't remember. No, it's a hot dog. Yeah, it's a, it's its own thing. It's its own. Yeah. Just stop. leave it alone. Really, just stop. Stop. <laughs> Bring it into sandwich town. Let it live in its own place. Just okay. It all right. All right. All right. Okay. Just okay. I just want to implant in your brains that it could be a taco. You guys ever, the way that it holds things. I feel like this put, is the exact conversation a, we had on your podcast. It is, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever put hot dogs in a hamburger bun because you were out of hot dog buns? No, I yeah. put it in regular bread. One slice right. of bread and cradled it. Okay, well, the question is, that is that depression? Yes. Yes is the answer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. All right, glad, glad we could agree on something. <laughs> now we can agree. <laughs> all right, well, Mitchell, where can people find you, all your socials? Uh, you find me on Twitter at Jurassic Rabbit. Pretty much, any, just put slash Jurassic Rabbit on uh, a social media site and try your luck. Yep, you know right. you yeah. might get it. Brian, how about you? I'm on Twitter at Agent Bizzle, and I'm on Instagram at Brian Altano, and I think that's about it. And, and just find find me uh, on all these shows, hanging out all the time, doing his grand tour. And <laughs> uh, you can find me at Parallax Stella everywhere. Um, yeah, this was episode 588. Thank you so much. Ryan Mitchell, super producer Jobert, for being here and helping this show come together. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for having me. Bye. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.